flips and all kinds of different shit. So, so like snowboarding is your thing? I guess you could say that, yeah. For yeah. sure. Like, all right. I like to send it. Yeah, hell yeah. He's, I like to send it off. Fucking episode 26 is up in the building. Short story, bingo. My name is Nate Chacon Third. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is your second time, the retention program is working. What we do on this podcast is I read a uh, sto- short story, or in this case today, uh, as I have in the, in the past, uh, read a uh, nonfiction uh, blurb so that uh, we can all learn something. Um, I'm a glorified narrator. It's like audible, sort of. So if you wanted to stop an audiobook somewhere in between, that's me. That's what we're doing today. And today I have a good friend of mine, my man Tristan. What's up, Tristan? What's up, man? Yeah, man. Okay, well, like, I showed you my podcast, and, like, what, like, is your thoughts? Or just, like, whatever. So it's good shit, man. I mean, you read stories, and we just comment on it, like, and just go from there. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. I fucking love it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So before we get into that, of course, y'all, we have to do the random Twitter follower shout out. And today, because he's my guest, we're going to shout out my man's Twitter, Tristan's Twitter. It's at T underscore Manning, M-A-N-N-I-N-G-4. You can also follow him on uh, Instagram as well. And on Snapchat, it's Manning T Manning because Snap just, I don't know, that's how they fucking worked it out for him. With my name, bro. Damn. Probably a lot of trust. Do you think? <laughs> Let's be honest. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, probably not. Hey, thank you guys so much. Uh, I was uh, looking at some of the stats from the last episode. It got um, a pretty good uh, reception from having my boy Rhyme Time, aka Scott. And my boy Brian from the Learning the Ropes podcast. Hope you guys check that out as well. I'm going to repost that link in this description as well. Uh, We talked about the Hall of Fame tag team group, the Bushwhackers. And so if you're into wrestling, like I was from like 91 up to 98, um, then you would know for sure who the Bushwhackers were. But um, yeah, let's go over some of the countries. So I started in the states that are uh, most listening. Um, I actually started doing stats because they were given to me as such that I could do just like certain months. So since this is the beginning, so so it's February 9th. So we don't have stats for February yet, but for January is what we're doing from now on. So the countries, the top three countries beyond the United States were the UK, Canada, and Australia, all British owned places. I think, I think Australia is still owned by the British, are they? I don't know. Maybe. I know Canada is for sure. Anyway, so those three fucking countries, top three for January. Also the top states, Virginia, New Mexico, and California. The top one, Virginia, I'm surprised by. I don't know who's listening out in Virginia, but thanks, man. Like, big ups to to VA, the Commonwealth state, as it were, right? Um, So today, what we're going to read about is the St. Valentine's Day Massacre or just dubbed the Valentine's Day Massacre and uh, this was certainly a big moment in history as far as the Mafia was concerned. I know that we've been hitting the Mafia a lot but it uh, I would behoove myself not to talk about uh, the Valentine's Day Massacre with Valentine's Day coming up. With that said, if you got a Valentine, make sure you get them something nice. Um, Amazon it. If you got Prime, that shit comes in two days. You already know that. I don't, I'm not even speaking to the choir. But, Tristan, do you have... What, what's going on, man? Talk to me. Just here to listen to a story, bro. <laughs> just, I'm just here to listen. Valentine's man. Day Massacre. I mean, there's got to be some kind of story there, so... Right. Yeah, no. 100%. But... 
with all that said and done, enjoy your weekend. Happy Podcast Friday. It's February 9th. I hope uh, you guys got a lot going on because fucking Lord knows I do. So, yeah, we're going to get into the song in one, two, three, four, five. Get it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're sad. Most of the time they're funny because I hate to be sad. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. Short story bingo. But don't take my word for it. Spare fingers. Yes. Gang warfare ruled the streets of Chicago during the late 1920s. As chief gangster Al Capone sought to consolidate control by eliminating his rivals in the illegal trades of bootlegging, gambling, and prostitution, this rash of gang violence reached its bloody climax in a garage on the city's north side on February 14, 1929, when seven men associated with the Irish gangster George Bugs Moran one of Capone's longtime enemies, were shot to death by several men dressed as policemen. Wait, what? I forgot the policeman part. I didn't know there was a YMCA fucking vibe to this. Okay, well, <clears throat> obviously, I mean, they they didn't think they were going to get shot that night. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, like, oh, no, it's the cops. We're just going to get frisked. and. <laughs> Like, the booze is in the back, right? Yeah, we're good, man. Fuck it. <laughs> no, so that's fucking crazy. We were, we were, uh, we read a story before this, so like in the first opening was that they were in a unheated garage, right? Is that they were in an unheated garage and that seven men were killed, like against, with how many guns was it? It was, no. It was several guns, 90 bullets. 90 bullets, yeah. It was. It out. Yeah, it's exact. <laughs> like I, I promise, like there had to be some that were like missing though, because for that many to go out, like who's counting those? By the way, like who's the guy that goes to the scene and is like, okay, and just like looks the guy like in charge for sure. Like from his shoes, I mean, maybe there was a bullet shortage or something. <laughs> they were like, we got ninety bullets for these seven. This okay, so guys, listen up. Seriously, we only have ninety bullets for seven dudes. So like for sure use them but <laughs> i'm not saying one bullet each like like for sure use your whole clip <laughs> twice but like we only have 90 so like if they get away the saint valentine's day massacre as it was known was never officially linked to capone but he was generally considered to have been responsible for the murders and we talked about um al capone in a previous episode um refer back to that um yeah, like, it was, uh, the way that Al Capone conducted all of his work, all of his works, rather, he, as you guys might, from the previous episode or on your own research, that he, like, did charitable things, too, to cover up for, um, the heinous and awful shit that he did to other people. Well, it wasn't even other people. Like, it's just like gang violence is today. It's usually gang against gang. So, like, when people are dying and you have innocent bystanders, like, in a, like, a uh, uh, drive-by shooting or something, but it's not, like, I, I feel like most of the gang members, even though, like, they're low-key sociopaths, like, they don't want to, like, kill grandma. 
Do you know what I'm saying? No, unless for sure. Like, un- unless they're like fucking raiding them. They just them. have their 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 issues with the other gangs related, but uh, it's right. There's probably no intention for like standbys. Right. Yeah. From 1924 to 1930, the, shit, the, city, the, shitty, the city of Chicago gained a widespread reputation for lawlessness and violence. I, th- I feel like that's like across the whole, like across the nation. That 1924, I feel like everywhere was the Wild West. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like everything. Nowhere was quite good. Right. Like everything was like, because we were just kind of still starting and kind of figuring it out. Not, not like, not like fucking 1850 figuring it out, but like. Like crime at that time, especially because prohibition came. Um, what was that? Nineteen eighteen, I believe the prohibition came. Um, I'm saying facts. I'm not. I'll fact check myself. But um, prohibition obviously started a lot of these mobs and shit like that. So I don't know. Yeah, not coincidentally, this phenomenon coincided with the reign of Chief Crime Lord Al Scarface Capone, who took over from his boss Johnny Torrio in 1925. To note. Torrio, who was seriously wounded in an assassination attempt in 1924, had retired to Brooklyn. Prohibition, ah, nice, okay. Prohibition ushered in by the passage of the 18th Amendment in 1920, I said 18, cool, had greatly increased the earnings of America's gangsters through bootlegging, the illegal manufacture and sale of alcohol, and speakeasies, illicit drinking establishments, as well as gambling and prostitution, Ogden was a big place for um, Al Capone to go to um, on the train. Really? Yeah, absolutely. So there are uh, plenty of spots out in Ogden, downtown Ogden on twenty on historic Twenty Fifth Street that have uh, what used to be speakeasies, um, uh, parlors, like yeah, for sure. Whorehouses. Some of that stuff is still like there. It's just been kind of renewed, obviously, but. Right. Some of those buildings are still standing down there. Exactly. And there's uh, there's also tunnels out in Ogden that um, Al Capone's like little, uh, like what they helped with. And then also I feel like there's um, tunnels because of the Mormon church out there too. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not associated. Right. Capone's income from these activities was estimated at some $60 million a year. Hold on. His net worth in 1927 <laughs> was around $100 million. What, dude? I'm going to look up $100 million in 1927 and see what that really means. That accumulates to will you? Today. Will you just take a guess before I... Because I'm looking at it right now. Million. In 1927. Is something today, like... Two billion? One billion? Okay, we're, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. So what was that, a hundred billion, a hundred million that he was worth? A hundred. Uh, his net worth in 1927 was around a hundred million dollars, so a hundred. So let's, yeah, there we go. It's going to be astronomical. Think about all those years. So it's, it, it just comes out. Oh, so it's 10,000. Hold on. Let's add another zero. And another zero. Another zero. I'll take one zero back. Oh, my God. 
It's a ridiculous amount. Are you ready for this? Let's hear it. $13 billion. Okay, so I was on... $13.7 billion. In nineteen, he was, he was doing fine. He was he was <laughs> super good. His net worth in nineteen twenty seven was around a hundred million dollars. Thirteen billion dollars today. Just like oh yeah, no, it's cool. Yeah, a guy uh, like that doesn't exactly tell everyone where all his money is at all. No, hundred <laughs> percent. No, we obviously know that Al Capone died of syphilis. Um, I mean it. I don't know where that money went. Like, like for sure. Like, I'm sure that he funded some families, but I don't know, man. You know what I mean? Over the years, Capone consolidated control over most of Chicago's crime rackets by ruthlessly gunning down his rivals. Naturally, you're supposed to just fucking kill everyone, right? Like, in 1924, authorities counted some 16 gang-related murders. This brand of continued... This brand continued until 1929, reaching a high of 64 murders in one year during that time, which like I feel like at that time is crazy. But like um, I suppose it equates even today as far as like in Chicago, because Chicago's death rates um, even up to today, like uh, are ridiculous. Like they're just they're just out of control. So I feel like it equates. I suppose, because it was still in Chicago at the time. Anyway, federal authorities, including the federal FBI, had much had much less jurisdiction than they have today and did not include Chicago's gang-related activity. Remind yourselves, though, of the time frame, like how ruthless and shit like people were being. Like, even, like, again, I come back to, like, today, like how like gang members kill gang members and sometimes they involve their families and shit like that. Like reading about Al Capone from a previous episode and knowing and doing my own research on so on and shit and so forth. Like there's so much that was going on then that was just all wild west because the FBI wasn't involved. That's why the FBI was even fucking created was because of, um, organized crime and 1924 dude, Tristan, tell me dude 1924 and you're like what like 12 years old or something and you're in a impoverished neighborhood but you see dudes that are carrying tommy guns slacked up you know what i'm saying like nice ties wearing the hats they're they're booking it yeah sure like and you know that that's what i want to be well that's what i'm saying like it's a whole different time frame to like like get in on that so it's like sweeping the streets or doing the dirty and getting <laughs> it you know what i'm saying or just getting after it we move on to the massacre chicago's gang war reached its bloody climax <laughs> i'm sorry chicago's gang war reached its bloody con- climax in the so-called saint valentine day massacre on of 1929 one of Capone's longtime enemies, the Irish gangster George Bugs Moran, ran his bootlegging operations out of a garage, an unheated garage, <laughs> on the north side on the north side of Chicago. On February fourteenth, seven members of Moran's operation were gunned down while standing lined up facing the wall of the garage. Just execution style, bro. 
execution style. Just like standing there with like seven or the other dudes, your homies, and you're like, fuck, bro. This is it. This is it. It's a wrap. I'm sure they weren't nice about it. Like, there wasn't no last words. It wasn't just like, okay, say say your last words. It was just get up on that wall. Get get up. Up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. So this story says some 70 rounds. So, uh, yeah, some 70 rounds of ammunition were fired. Some 70 rounds. Again, 90, 70. It's a lot. Kind of just went the with. the same for seven people, though. Ten per person? <laughs> just to make sure, I guess. Right, just to fucking. I think, I feel like one's fine, but just. That just reminds me of like those, um, like a, like ridiculous, like cartoon where like you, you know that there's only like 12 shots in the clip. And, like, it just keeps going off, and you're like, how the fuck? That's fucking Deadpool, bro. Like, you just explained Deadpool. Right. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, uh-huh. He's got two pistols that have 30 rounds each, like, just going hard. <laughs> There's 50 people and one man. He takes them all. Just it gets them all out with, with what should pistols. be yeah, what should be only 24 shots. <laughs> Some 70 rounds of ammunition were fired. When police officers from Chicago's 36th district of arrived, found uh, they found one gang member, Frank Gusenberg, barely alive. So one was left. In the few minutes before he died, okay, well, that was quick. They pressed him to reveal what had happened, but Gusenberg wouldn't talk. All right. Police could only find could find only a few eyewitnesses but eventually concluded that the gunmen dressed as police officers had entered the garage and pretended to be arresting the men. Damn, that's why that's they were... That's cold as fuck. That's why they were face the wall. It wasn't... It was execution style to the, to the dudes, but they didn't think... They thought they were busted. Oh, yeah. They thought... They was they were just cashing it in. They were just riding it out. They're like, fuck. All right. Yeah, man. It's behind my back. Get the fuck off me, dude. Like, just like, we'll be out in a week, bro. Just All like, of a sudden, just shanked. Or just whatever. Or gun down. Kills. Gun down. Seven, some 70 rounds. <laughs> some 70 rounds. Let me read that one more time. Police could find only a few eyewitnesses, but eventually, which was like a thing back in the day, like you just found like a guy that happened to be looking out and you like took his story in. Who's to say though, right? But yeah, like a guy that's just like, oh, I was looking out my fucking apartment window and, and then I saw him. It felt like it seemed like it was 14 police officers. And the neighbor's looking out his window at that very moment saying, what is that jackass getting interviewed for? Right. Runs out there and blurts out the same dumb story. Right. Police could could find only a few eyewitnesses, but eventually concluded that gunmen dressed as police officers had entered the garage and pretended to be arresting the men. Though Moran and others immediately blamed the massacre on Capone's gang because they're rivals, the famous gangster himself claimed to have been at his home in Florida at the time. No one was ever brought to trial for the murders. Which is really significant because of how many people died. Yeah, no one no one cared, apparently. Right. And the, uh, even no like a case. And that folks even uh, like mafia guys were like, well, we can get them on this. 
what I'm saying? Like, fuck them. Let's just like. Let's I mean, kill they, them. Well, they well they, they also. I mean, yeah, Bugs Moran's dudes even definitely like try to pin it on um, uh, Al Capone, but he's like, fuck that. I was in Florida. I, I had nothing to do with this at all. Through uh, though the St. Valentine's Day massacre marked the end of any significant gang opposition to Capone's rule in Chicago, it can also be said to have marked the beginning of his downfall. With his highly effective organization, his impressive income, and his willingness to ruthlessly eliminate his rivals, Capone had become the country's most notorious gangster, and the newspapers dubbed him public enemy number one. Federal authorities began investigating Capone after he failed to appear before a federal grand jury and before being subpoenaed in March 1929. When he finally appeared and testified, federal agents arrested him for contempt of court. Capone posted bond was released, only to be arrested in Philadelphia that May of on charges of carrying concealed weapons. What the fuck are you doing? Don't have concealed weapons and you're a felon and on the run. Why are you doing that? You never know what's going on behind the curtain, man. I mean, maybe maybe <laughs> your boy was like running scared. Oh, I better use that. He's carrying for a reason. Right. He's yo, yeah, he's like fucking I'm not doing everything. Everyone wants me dead. Yeah. You don't fucking understand. Yo, Al, take it easy, man. Like, I just got this car, man. Like, <laughs> please don't bring my fuck. Like, you have 17 guns on you. <laughs> Which, for a lot of reasons, a follow-up question, so specific, but, like, I don't, you see how there's no room in the back seat. I have a Model T. It's 19 fucking 30, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking, how do you have... Capone posted bond and was released only to be arrested in Philadelphia that May on charges of carrying concealed weapons. Capone served nine months in prison and was released for good behavior. We know how this story goes, but we'll, re- we'll finish it out. In February 1931, a federal court found Capone guilty on the contempt charge and sentenced him to six months in Cook County Jail. Meanwhile, the U.S. Treasury Department had launched an investigation on Capone for income tax evasion. And obviously he got in trouble for that. That's what he got hemmed up on. He wasn't paying his taxes. He had $13 billion. And... So, like, now that I think about it in perspective, because even when I read, um, even when I did the encyclopedia story on Al Capone, they really didn't mention how much money he had. So I'm glad that History.com said it. $13 billion and you're not paying your taxes? How do you have $13 billion, first off? (laughs) How do you have that much money? I don't know, and they didn't know back then. Yeah, I'm a shoemaker. Like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like what do you? It's like I trade furs still, dude. I I fucking I changed tires. And fucking <laughs> the, the I don't know, man. Look, I just I, I have thirteen billion dollars. It was an uh, investment. <laughs> My dad made. I have a lot of brothers. I have one brother, but like, the point is, is that <laughs> like, how do you get through that? Through diligent forensic accounting, Special Agent Frank Wilson and other members of the intelligence unit of the IRS were able to put together a case. And in June 1931, Capone was indicted for evasion of federal income tax. Convicted that October after an internationally publicized trial, Capone was sentenced to 11 years in prison, first in Atlanta and later in Alcatraz. He was released in 1939. Whoa, what? I said this on the last one, too. What? Like... How the f- like even on good behavior? How do you get out? 
<laughs> of Alcatraz. Yeah, like, but like, yeah, but <laughs> on like, good behavior. Yeah, just like, oh no, he, yeah, he's teaching guys. He's, <laughs> he's teaching guys about their taxes because he's evaded them, so now he knows a lot about tax code. It's impressive, actually, to be honest with you. And so he's actually into accounting. Al, come here. Come on over here. Come here. He's going to be a stand-up citizen this time around. Yeah, for sure. Now, do you have syphilis, man? You all right? <laughs> You're a little weird in the eyes a little You bit. don't look so hot there, guy. Oh, my God. He was released in 1939 and, and died of what's invalid recluse at his Florida home in 1947. Syphilis is what this man died of. So... He wasn't like he was just so incoherent by the time he was like dead. Like, and so that's what I'm saying. Like, if for if for him to have um, been a part of what the St. Valentine's Day massacre was, by the way, episode 26, we're done. That's it. So, we're but like, so we're going to talk about this now. Um, that for him to have even like staked non claim to it makes me believe even more so that he was a part of it because of how ugly things were going in, at that time frame. You know what I'm saying? No, for sure. Like it's, it's a messy situation. He doesn't look good at all. Like he, he may have been in Florida, but st- still, I mean, like why would he have been one of the policemen entering the garage? Right. Most likely his men. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. And th- for it to be like a a rival gang that did it, dresses, pl- dude, police. I don't know. I mean, unless the Chicago PD really just did that, but they no. I just don't think that no. that happened. No, because it's such it's been such a fucking um, you know conundrum since that happened. As far as how the the way that they were killed with the folks that came back and investigated after they were done that it had to be them here's a fun fact um jug george bugs moran was on his way to the garage in chicago at the time of the saint valentine's day massacre again bugs moran arrival to al capone he missed getting killed by minutes a few days later he told reporters only comp- uh, only capone kills like that Reached at his Florida home for comment on the murderers. On the murderers, Capone offered his own opinion. The only man who kills like that is Bugs Moran. So they were they were like, "Fuck you, dude! No, fuck you!" Like, yeah, straight up to the press, just real politely flipping each other off, just saying, "Shove it, dude." Well, you've watched. I mean, the the press was really interested at the time in uh, organized crime. Um, well, there was a lot of it, and. I mean, with a crime lord like Al Capone in their day and age, I mean, it was something of interest. Right. For yeah. sure. And that, like, there's a movie, uh, Public Enemies, that has um, Johnny Depp in it, and it's uh, talking about Pretty Boy Floyd and uh, Do- uh, John Dillinger. Don D- uh, John Dillinger was a huge, um, you know, crime underlord, and... Uh, the press was the, the press ate it up, man. They didn't. They they were totally like within it, man. Well, they also liked it was it was clickbait at the time because it like made people pick up the paper because the paper was a big deal in nineteen twenty fucking five. The newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. What about the newspaper? So that's what I'm saying. So like, <laughs> like that's why that's why the media was so involved in organized crime because it was clickbait. It was read bait. It was pick up bait. 
Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so that's how everyone got the word. Right, exactly. And they were like glor uh glorified and then also demoralized like on the same like on the same front page. Like you'd have Al Capone at the top, like, oh Al Capone gave out like a hundred different uh uh turkeys for Thanksgiving and then at the bottom like Also killed seven men in a garage. <laughs> most likely. Uh but With denies it from his four home. <laughs> when asked for comment, he says the only man who kills like that is Bugs Moran. End quote. Like, what? But that was the the sign of the times at the time. But episode 26, short story bingo, St. Valentine's Day massacre. Um, interesting, interesting uh, situation that happened. Look it up because we uh, read off of history.com to kind of give a blurb. Um, as you guys know, I, I definitely in, uh, encourage um, uh, a good read every now and again. So this will be um, a fun one to do. Tristan, what's up, man? Tell everybody where you're at, bro. Yo, I just... Happy Valentine's Day. Thanks for having me, Gabino. I mean, this was fun. Um, and good vibes, positive attitude, guys. Peace. Fuck yeah. Well, that's it, man. Episode 26. And we're going to end it like this. Oh, yeah. Dun-dun-dun. Spare fingers. Yes.